Welcome to the Sojo Show with Jen and AJ, where you'll dig deep into God's Word alongside two imperfect, frequently ineloquent women as we discover fresh ways to walk out God's truth together. Welcome back to the Sojo Show with Jen and AJ. Hello. Are y'all excited to be here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like expecting a response. I don't know why I asked that question. <laughs> yes, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> okay, good. So there, there, there's two of us who are excited to be here. So Jen, I have a question for you to kick us off. Okay, let's do it. I actually really want to know the answer to this question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you had a superpower, what would it be? <laughs> okay, a superpower. Yeah. There are so many superpowers that I would want. <laughs> <laughs> Actually. Um, okay, so I think that it would be either transportation, which would be really cool, just to be able to go from here to there without, like, you know, taking any time. Yes, I have actually all the time. I know. I have actually wished for that when on the road before. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Was it ever granted your wish? Uh, No, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) But along the same line, the same vein, it's actually moving other things with my mind. Mm. To me, that'd be so great. I could just sit back and like have like my dishes being washed on their own. Kind of like bewitched, you know? And then that would be actually a little scary. Oh, no, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. No, you would freak everybody out. (laughs) Well, I think that, I think since there's not really a a high probability of attaining any of these, then we're, we're probably good. We're probably, we're probably good to go. So why do you ask about that? What, What would yours be? What would yours be? Well, well, I think. The transportation thing would definitely be one, but I've always kind of liked the invisibility, especially when my kids want me or are calling me. Nonstop. <laughs> gotcha. Oh. Like, like just, you just time. disappear. And just stand disappear. There. Just gone. <laughs> okay. All right. See, that's something that I, that's something that, that's not a desire that I've really ever but had. See, here's the thing. And the parrot with the transportation, I could show up in your office with you right now okay <laughs> and you wouldn't even know I was there <laughs> oh well no that would not be good at all you cannot be invisible around me that was creepy <laughs> there are actually horror movies about that so and yeah. then it would be then if you wash dishes then it would be like they were doing it on their own so, so I see what you're gonna do <laughs> you're gonna make you wash your dishes <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, there's a lot of possibilities here with the superhero aspect. I can tell you though, that the most favorite, all right, I'm a pediatrician as some of you know, most of you know, and I, one of my talking points with young boys is what's their favorite superhero. And by far the favorite right now is Spider-Man. For some reason, he's like super cool. And I can tell you that of all the superpowers, shooting webs out of my wrist is pretty low on the list. Yeah, I would have to agree. But apparently... Young boys and young men like that kind of thing. It's super cool, I guess. <laughs> super cool. <laughs> I don't I don't understand why, but there you have it. Okay, so let's talk about why we're discussing this today. Well, 
do you know that the word invisible is actually in the Bible? So, hey, we're turning this around and making it a spiritual thing. <laughs> okay. And it's not actually a superpower. Um, yes, yes. Okay. So today we're talking about, in, we're still in Colossians, um, right? And I know exactly where you're going with this because yep. everyone knows this verse. Well, not everyone. A lot of people know this verse. It's a pretty common verse. And um, let's talk about it for a minute. We started our series in Colossians last week. If you did not catch that, go listen to that podcast episode. And we kind of gave a little bit of an overview of Colossians. Today, we're going to deep dive into two verses in Colossians chapter one. So would you like to read those since you're all about the invisibility? Sure. It's Colossians 1, 15 and 16. And it says, he, referring to Jesus, is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. All right. That is a big, big time couple of statements right there. That's a big time statement. So in Colossians, if you have read Colossians, and we strongly encourage you to, Colossians, just before that, in Colossians 13 and 14, Paul gives this really um, deep theology, truth, super glorious about salvation, tells us how we're to be saved. He basically, in verse 13, says he's delivered us from the domain of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. That sentence is the gospel. Okay, so and we could actually focus the entire podcast on that sentence itself. But then the very next sentence and the very next passage, which is what we're talking about here in verses 15, actually verses 15 through 20 are really what happens next, what Paul immediately goes to next. And that is how he's talking about the supremacy of Christ and how we can sort of trust that 13 and 14 are true, right? Mm -hmm. So he goes from the theology to doxology or praise and, and, and explaining how we can trust the theology. So um, I love these verses a lot and we can really break them down heavily, but I think that we need to talk about them in two different ways and talk about two different aspects of Christ in these verses, one in verse 15 and one in verse 16, okay? And the first one being that Jesus is Lord. So verse 15, Jesus is Lord. And how do I get that from verse 15? Well, I think it's interesting, you know, you mentioned kind of the flow of the passage between the verses prior to what we're looking at today into this. And I, what makes it interesting to me is where it says he is the image of the invisible God. So it's kind of like he's saying, he's setting up what he's getting ready to say. It's a transit, it's a transition statement. And he's letting us know that the whole reason we can put our faith in the gospel and the whole reason why we need to listen to the fact that he is Lord and he's sovereign is because he is showing us what we can't see. He's giving us something visible of a being, God himself, 
that is not visible. And if we were to see him, we would like die, right? <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. what scripture yeah. tells us. If we were to behold God, we would like just literally pass away because he's so righteous, holy, and glorious. And so Jesus is a picture of us, of all of the glory of God that we couldn't see otherwise. And so I just really love this transition statement that kind of sets us up for what he's getting ready to say next. Yeah, no, I love that too. And also it's a good picture of the Trinity, right? It's, it's talking, it's, it's, it's explaining Christ, his, what his deity it's, you know, the Trinity is such a mystery for so many people that there's three in one and the Bible clearly alludes to this many times. And, and this is one of the, this is one of the instances in which he does, because what you're talking about is he was the manifestation, the visual manifestation of an invisible God. And they are one, they are one. And what a very cool thing. I think that this tells us going back to where we, I was headed with this is because of that statement and that transition statement, we can feel confident in the truth of Christ being Lord, right? He is part of the Trinity. He is Lord. He is God, fully God, fully man. One of these mysteries that's really hard to wrap our brains around. I like comparing these this verse with Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. And basically, I'm going to read verses starting with two. It says, in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he created the world. Okay, so we're going to talk about that in a minute. But then in verse three of Hebrews one, it says, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power after making purification for sins which Paul talks about in Colossians just a little bit before this verse, right? He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So he's basically saying what you just said, AJ, that he is the imprint of God. He is the radiance of the glory of God. He is allowing us to see God through Mm -hmm. his nature, even though he is fully God and he upholds the universe by the word of his power with God. I mean, it's, it's this, it's almost difficult. It's like a superpower. It's difficult to wrap your mind around. Superpowers are totally fictional, obviously. Superheroes are fictional. But this is something that if you really start to stop to think about it, it almost seems fictional, right? It seems hard to believe. And yet it is fully true. Well, and the other thing I love about this is sometimes we feel like God is like just the the generic God that we have in our mind is kind of far out there, hard to reach, maybe is angry with us or is not pleased with us, or, you know, he's, he's kind of remote, right? But this reminds me when I start feeling like, well, maybe God's far off or, you know, is he mad at me for something, you know, I've done. Um, this reminds me that, I just need to look to Jesus and in the person of Jesus, I will see God's heart for me. And the person of Jesus is gentle as, as we see in scripture, he is willing to meet us in the midst of our frailty or the midst of our sin or the midst of our weakness. He's, he's there, you know, he is willing to heal us 
He says, come to me. He welcomes us all. And so if you are ever needing to see the heart of God, look to Jesus because that's where you'll find it. You will find his holiness, his sovereignty, but also his love and his compassion as well. And that has really helped me many, many times over the years. Yeah, absolutely. And and knowing that through this and through him, we have been given such grace is another reassurance for us. So, you know, in if you if you go to John in John one, it says the word became flesh, right? And dwelt among us. There, there's that incarnation of the invisible God. And so as we've seen his glory, the glory as of the only son from the father, and then it says full of grace and truth. And in verse 16 of John 1, it says, for from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. So you're talking about the nature of Christ and how we can trust it and he, how much he loves us and, and, how, and how much grace he's bestowed upon us. And I think that helps us to feel closer to him as well. Because that's something we can all understand is this, this theme of grace to some extent, because we've all been in situations where maybe we have not gotten what we deserved um, as, or maybe we, we, we show grace to others on the, on a horizontal plane. And the greatest grace was shown to us through the work of Christ on the cross and when we understand this grace, then that too draws us closer to him and makes him more, I don't know, I don't want to say more real in our life because he is real, but it, it does. It makes it more real, I think. Mm-hmm. It's more yeah. easy to understand. Right. I, I totally agree with that. And kind of along those same lines, when we're talking about Jesus as the image of the invisible God, we are, I mean, the scripture, not we, the scripture is stating he is God. You know, mm-hmm. he is, he is God. An and that means imprint. he is Lord. Yes. Yes. So to back up and answer your question from a few minutes ago, the reason we know that Jesus is Lord from this passage is because he is related directly to being the, the vision of God. So, yes, absolutely. Well, then let's go to verse 16. Because 16 is a big verse and 16 is a verse that's sometimes difficult for us to remember, wrap our brains around as well. And this is all part of Paul's doxology, right? His praise. So verses 13 and 14, again, he's giving us an outline of the gospel. And then in 15 and 16, actually 15 through 20, but we're focusing on 15 and 16. He is saying Jesus is Lord. And then in verse 16, he's clearly stating that Jesus is the creator of all, right? Because he is God, <laughs> he is all, he was there at the beginning. He is creator of all. For by him, all things were created in heaven and earth, visible, invisible. There's that word again. Thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, all things were created through him and for him. So there's a path we could take here. There's, there's honestly, there's a lot here. Like this is, there's a lot just shows the supremacy of Christ and it's packed so full into this small little sentence, you know, it just kind of, it's a, it's one of those wow verses that kind of knocks you off your feet. But I think first we see that everything exists to serve Jesus's glory. 
it, he is kind of the hero of the show. If we're going back to the hero theme, you know, Mm -hmm. everything is pointing to him. He is the supremacy that we are to focus our eyes on and we are to praise and glorify him because of that. So these things are created by him and then for him, it says. So Mm -hmm. we were created by God and for God, for his glory. So everything is just to serve God's glory and our joy um, as well. And Jesus is sovereign over all things. Christ is sovereign. Honestly, the, the important thing I think in this passage to realize is that anything you point to, and I think this is what Paul's saying here, anything you can point to, whether it's, you know, on heaven, on earth, visible, invi- I mean, that's anything. It's visible or invisible, right? Anything you can point to is under the sovereignty of the creator, God, who is Christ because of the Trinity. And I don't know. I just think that that should help inform our relationship with not just him, but also with the world around us. Right. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I know we've talked about anxiety a lot in the past, but this truth right here helps me with anxiety when it starts to creep in. Just knowing that Jesus is Lord and stating it out loud, you know, stating it over whatever it is that's causing that fear or anxiety in my heart, whether it's the news, whether it's a, you know, something I'm afraid might happen to my kids, whatever it is, just saying Jesus is Lord over this. He is Lord. He is sovereign. It's in his control. I don't have to worry about this. You know, it is his control. Sure, there may be responsibilities or choices I need to make, but that doesn't change the fact that he is Lord and he is sovereign and he's got it handled. And I think just going back to that is a useful tool for us in our daily lives. Yeah. And I want to make, uh, I want to go down just a teeny little rabbit hole here because I think sometimes it's easier for us to see that he is in control of kind of our, our ins and outs of our daily life, like you were talking about. But then sometimes we see things in the world that make us scratch our head a little bit, in particular, things like evil and sin. And this is kind of a tough thing. And I, I want to explore this for just a minute. So in Colossians, first of all, in this verse, we are we see here that he says specifically he uses the words thrones, dominions, rulers, or authorities. Okay. So now he's already said heaven and earth, visible and invisible. That pretty much covers everything. But then Paul specifically mentions thrones, dominions, rulers, and authorities. And this takes us and reminds us of the verse in Ephesians, in Ephesians 6, where he says this, right? Let me pull that up so I get this right. So, okay, so this is the armor of God verse. And it says in verse, in verse Ephesians 6, 12, it says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, cosmic powers over this present darkness against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So what he's saying in Ephesians is these rulers, authority, cosmic powers. This is the, this is the quote unquote, the evil. So this is, if we're back to our superhero analogy, this is the, these are the villains, the the supernatural villains, and these things actually exist. And so this rulers and authorities that he's talking about in Ephesians, we can kind of correlate it to Colossians. And I think one of the things that's really 
important to see here is that Paul is making sure that the Colossians, who, if you remember from last week, were struggling with some false teaching, right? He is making sure they recognize that God is in control. Christ is in control of all things to include these evil forces, right? These spirits of darkness. And, and this is hard for us to wrap our brains around. And I don't know if we want to go down here too much, down this path too much, but I think it's important for us to realize that when we are seeing what's going on in our world today, number one, we should not be surprised, but number two, we should remember that although God is in no way culpable for evil or sin, he is somehow mysteriously, strangely still in control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the story in Daniel, where in Daniel 10, it says that Daniel was praying, he was calling out to God, and then an angel comes to him, and he says to him, Daniel, highly valued man, carefully consider the words I'm speaking to you. So God sent a response to Daniel's prayer, but he says, from the first day you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before God, your words were heard. So he's confirming, this angel is confirming to Daniel, you know, you were heard immediately. And he says, and I have come because of your words. However, the prince of the kingdom of Persia resisted me for 21 days. But behold, Michael, one of our chief princes, so that's an archangel, came to help me because I had been detained there with the kings of Persia. So he's talking about the spiritual warfare that's going on between the angels and the demons. And this delay in a response because of that. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of, it's, it's kind of cool, but it's kind of mind blowing. And it's also a little bit scary because we see that even though God is sovereign over all of this, he allows this warfare to go on. You know, he could, he could say immediately done. It's gone. That evil was removed. But for some reason in his sovereignty, he allows some of this tension to continue. Yeah. Yeah. And we know based on previous passages and what we've already talked about that, that in some strange and mysterious way, it does that for his glory and for our good. If we're trusting in him, that's right. And and sometimes we don't feel like it's very good. Right. So we need this reminder. And a lot of times I think that the reason is that he, he wants us to be engaged in this in the spiritual warfare, he we play a vital role, and when we get to heaven, there's going we're going to understand it so much better. But it's a good thing. It's a good thing, even though it doesn't seem good, and even though bad things happen, the way that the Lord is allowing us to participate in the unfolding of history and the culmination of the return of Christ, that's a privilege and an honor. It's not to hurt us or to harm us. Yeah. Yeah. And we will not know this side of heaven of what most of this actually means. I mean, Isaiah says that, right? That my thoughts are not your thoughts or my ways are not your ways, declares the Lord. For the heavens are higher than the earth. My ways are higher than yours. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I mean, isn't that good news? I don't want to be on, on the same intellectual and level as my God and creator. No, because we trust him. We trust his sovereignty. And one day we will understand it today. We don't. 
Right. Um, And that is what it comes back to is what you just said. It's trust. It's knowing that God is God. We are not. And we can trust him not only to have everything under control, but to be doing it in a way that is for our good in the end. And that we just have to rest there. Yeah. Well, and that brings us to where we're going to land this plane. Okay. So we kind of know based on these two verses, Paul is telling us Jesus is Lord. Jesus is creator over all things. He is sovereign over all things, whether they're visible or invisible. That's everything, right? He's sovereign over all things, even evil in our world. So where does this leave us? And so if you're listening to us and this sounds kind of academic and yeah, we kind of know this, what, how does this, how should this hit our hearts? And I think what you just said is really important in that we can now trust him when we are reminded of this and fully um, realize this, which we can't fully, but when we realize this more and more, and then, and because of this, we can go forward without fear. We can we have nothing to fear in this world. Romans 8, one of our favorite chapters in the Bible, says this very clearly in verse 31. If God is for us, who can be against us? And then, then he explains why he did not spare his own son, gave him up for him. He explains the gospel again, Paul does. And then he says, going down to verse 37, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, or powers, height, depth, anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what does this mean that Jesus is Lord, Jesus is creator? It means that now we are set up, if we are trusting in his work on the cross, to be more than conquerors. We are set up. There is nothing that can come against us that can hurt us because of Christ in us. And because of that, we can live our lives without fear. Yeah. I mean, that is really, really good news. And and just back to that first verse you read, verse 31 of Romans 8, it says, if God is for us, who can be against us? So he's basically saying, God is for you. Therefore, whoever it is against you is kind of irrelevant, right? completely irrelevant. And that is a soul liberating truth. Yes. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah, it is. So today's podcast, I think, is more of a reminder than anything else. I think that most of you, if you're listening to us, you probably know these these truths, but we need to remind our souls of these on a regular basis, right? We need to take verses like Colossians 1, 15 and 16 and just marinate in them and meditate on them and be reminded of God's of, 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 of the beauty of Christ's lordship and the beauty of his sovereignty and how that really affects our lives and our walk with Christ and our walk with others on this earth. So mm-hmm. a good reminder, yeah. I think. So, yeah, for sure. And as we see people just fighting for control, we see it left and right. That's what wars are all about. That's what arguments are all about. You know, it's all over the place. We can be reminded that God is in control and it's okay. We don't have to be. Yeah. Amen. All right. So next week we're going to talk, we're going to keep talking about Colossians a little bit. Um, And next week, I'm just going to give you a little spoiler. We're going to talk a little bit about suffering. Okay. We're going to talk about the purpose of suffering. We've discussed this on the podcast in the past, but I think that we're going to drill down on a couple of verses in Colossians and talk a little bit about God's relationship with suffering. 
-hmm. which is it's sometimes tough. It's sometimes tough. But remembering the setup of God being sovereign and we do not have to fear is going to be really important when we start thinking about suffering. So we hope you come back next week and listen. And if you're listening in the future, just keep keep listening. Keep listening. <laughs> it's going to be a good conversation. So if All you right. have any suffering, you know that you need need to make sense of it biblically. So be back next week. Yes. Yes. All right. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye. I think we'd all love to have a godly woman sit down and show us how they study a passage of scripture. Now imagine sitting down with not one, but over a dozen godly women with years of ministry experience between them who are all excited to share exactly how they study the Bible. Well, grab your coffee mug and notebook friend, because that's exactly what you are invited to experience. The Explore God's Word collection is a bundle of video workshops, tutorials, principles to show you exactly how others study scripture. We all know there are so many different ways to dig into scripture. So why not let these women show you how they do it? Grab your own copy of Explore God's Word collection at sojohub.com slash explore. That's sojohub.com slash explore. Am I supposed to know the answer to this? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. All right. I, I, I'll keep moving. And then you got to jump in. Um, you well, I was going to say something before you even dove into this, but okay, you just well, go going. ahead. All right. Well, wait a minute. Let me back up a minute. Let me back up a minute. So I, apparently I ran over what AJ was going to say. <laughs> Were you going to say it before I made the mention of Jesus is Lord or after? <laughs> well, before, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. Go with the flow. Are there areas in your life where you feel like you need to simplify a bit? My guess is yes. Several years ago, AJ and I identified seven areas that we felt like um, were important to simplify in order to focus on most important things in life and primarily our relationship with God. What we are doing is pulling that out of the vault, and we are doing Simplify Your Life Summer 2024 Edition. We invite you to join us. We are excited about it and look forward to seeing you there. Go check out sojohub.com slash simplify for more information.